What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 36th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. I'm joined by my two co-hosts who we've had the whole squad, it seems like, for several weeks in a row now. It's really exciting, in my opinion. I like having both of you guys here. It's a good time. Welcome Scott Klein and Hunter Evans. You can find Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter, and you can find Hunter at CoachH underscore Evans on Twitter. You can find myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And again, this is the Gin Jack Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and listening to us today. We are right in the middle of the longest dead period in the NFL yearbook. So uh, there's not a whole lot of news coming out about the Jaguars. Not a lot going on. But we still have plenty of stuff to get into. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that here real shortly. We got a let everybody know, Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Make sure to check out their new location downtown on East Bay Street. And uh, they've hooked us up with some awesome crowlers today. We got Mad Manatee IPA, which is their signature IPA. Uh, it's a classic. We have that at all of our tailgates. It's a fan favorite for sure. We've also got... Um, Big John's Apricot Wheat. We've gone over that one a few times over the last couple of weeks. The guys here really enjoy that. It's delicious. Hunter and Scott don't really like all the IPAs and stuff all the time, so they're big fans of that. And uh, we have a very, very special uh, uh, Pop Top segment today. A brand new beer that is from a galaxy far, far away. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But... Uh, uh, make sure to check out Gen Jag online at genjag.com on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. 
Now we've got a lot to get into today. Blake Bortles appeared was having a good time with another NFL quarterback that he's uh, spent some time with in, in the past, and uh, we'll get into that. Adam Rank from NFL Network gives 10 reasons to be a fan of the Jaguars. Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com thinks the Jaguars are a top 10 defense. We'll look at which Jaguars have Pro Bowl potential this year. We wanted to get into that last week, but we didn't quite make it. Offensive roster spots up for grabs. That's another topic from last week that we wanted to get into. AFC South wide receivers, breaking that that down and seeing uh, what we really think about these wide receiver groups. And, of course, we'll have our Pro Football Focus Minute. They've come out with some more fun stuff, Jaguars-related. And we'll get into our Keep One, Let One Walk. So let's go ahead and get into it. Blake Bortles sporting a red tutu, red, white, and blue polo, uh, hanging out with Aaron Rodgers and I guess someone who's their financial planner or something I heard. Not really sure who the guy in the middle is. But uh, if you're curious what we're talking about, you can go check it out on our uh, Instagram feed at Generation Jaguar. Bortles is sporting a really, really cute red tutu. (laughs) And now... People might make a big deal. Oh, Bortles is out partying. He shouldn't be partying. It's the 4th of July. Everyone's partying. Everybody's having a good time. It's the like, like, Do you go home from working at McDonald's and flip burgers for his practice? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, let the dude go home. Nah. So, But what I would like to take away from that picture is Blake Bortles looks like a flat chest, or, or not chest, but a flat uh, cutting board abs, it looks like, almost <laughs> on Bortles. You like to see him in good shape. Not what I was looking at, but... Well, no, I mean, I'm looking to see if he's in good no, shape. It was a, no, he does the look like he's in good shape. The dude's had a little shape. bit of pudge in the past, and it's not yeah. affected his game much. Clearly, he's been durable, and he's been a good athlete on the field. But getting even in better shape could enhance his game a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, trim down a little bit. You get a little more agile, a little more athletic. I mean, he's already a pretty athletic guy, so yeah. I, it can't hurt. Um, but, you know... Good for him. Go have fun. Hang out with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, might as well get some kind of words of wisdom. Aaron Rodgers' outfit was a little bit less ridiculous than Bortles. He didn't have a tutu. But he did have one of those like classic shirts with wolves on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one amazing. of those like, tie-dye yeah, background. Yeah, fun nice stuff. Nice little bow tie on. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Now, into some real fun Jaguars talk. Not just Blake Bortles dressing up like a... Honestly, he dressed up like we would have done when we were like 17 or 18 yeah. for one of these things. You know what I mean? That's what we used to be doing. Uh, we've moved on from that. Blake hasn't. But, you know, when you're a millionaire, you don't really have to move on from things like that. Yeah. You yeah. Do whatever we, you we got kids. We don't, we don't have time to be, to be messing around at the beach and doing stuff. But good for him. Congratulations. I'd probably be doing it too if I, if I didn't have a, a Yeah, no a spouse, no kids, no nothing. No responsibility on mm-hmm. the next day. Go for it. Uh, Adam Rank. He's a fun NFL Network personality. Uh, bald guy. He's a little sillier. Not like the yeah. tip. He like, obviously was not a football player. Maybe <laughs> maybe in high school. I don't know. But uh, kind of the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. Likes fantasy football. He gives 10 reasons why you should like or root for the Jaguars this year. Which is pretty cool. Um and it's not just about, you know, on-field, the on-field product. It's about the stadium's awesome. He shouts out to the fans, which obviously we already know we're awesome. 
Uh, he really brought up a lot of cool stuff, talked about Fred Taylor, talked about the history of the team a little bit. He did call out Mark Brunel for being overrated. I don't know how you're overrated taking your team to two AFC championships, but... He did give a little gut shot crying over Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't really care about any of that. I, Mark Brunel is not overrated in terms of what he did for the Jaguars. He did, he did say, well, obviously, he you know he works with a guy. He's close with the Mojo. Yeah. Was, he, yeah. He put him over Fred Taylor. Which is also silly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mojo, like, we've talked about this in recent weeks. Mojo was great, and he might have had a couple seasons that were on par with Fred Taylor's best seasons. But Fred Taylor did it longer. (laughs) And, I mean, as magic as Mojo was, Fred Taylor was the epitome of what you want in an NFL running back. He had it all. So I'll definitely take Fred over Mojo. No offense, Mojo. But... He brings up the pools. I think when talking about the stadium, he forgets to mention the world's largest outdoor scoreboard. Yeah, but, I can't stop you know, looking at those things. Yeah, when you're in the stadium, <laughs> it is hard to look at the field sometimes because you just get drawn to those giant video boards. And the picture is so crisp and clear. It's just like, it's unreal. Yeah, I, I just, a lot of times, I just get lost staring at them. And I forget. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Look down at the field. <laughs> yeah. Like, so... Uh, Adam Rank, thank you for giving Jaguars a shout-out. Thanks for giving us, our fans, a shout-out. Um, don't know how many people will click on and read that article that aren't Jaguar fans, but hopefully a few. And uh, I think everyone should be a Jaguar fan, too. Hop on the bandwagon now before it gets full. Because if this team starts winning games, it's going to get full quick. Yeah. It is really going to get full quick. This fan base is dynamite already. Watch the more fans crawl out of the woodwork if they win their first couple games next yeah. year. It's going to be an interesting time, without a doubt. So, uh, shout out to you, Adam Rank. Appreciate the love. Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com thinks the Jaguars are a top 10 defense. And his breakdown of the defense, he's pretty much spot on with almost everything. Talks about Ramsey being the leader of the team at such a young age, and he's just obviously poised to be a star cornerback in yeah, the league. I think he called him one of the most versatile DBs in the league yeah. as far as what they asked him to do. <clears throat> Comparing him to guys who play one side of the field, they stick with man or stick with zone. Um, it just shows you how... how it's, it, it's not often that somebody combines rare talent with just a knack for, for playing football and being in the right place at the right time and knowing the game. And that's why guys like Jalen Ramsey are one in a million. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen a guy with his, not even talent, potential here in a long time. No, absolutely haven't. I mean, there's guys on the roster that might be close to him, but not many. Miles Jack... You want to think he can be close to that level, obviously, but you don't know yet. Uh, other than that, slim pickings. Brandon Lender's obviously elite for his position, yeah. but and no offense to offensive linemen, but they're not quite as exciting to look <laughs> yeah. at as a, a superstar freak cornerback like Jalen Ramsey, who he just really a guy like him has not come around often. He's so big, he looks. 
He doesn't really look like a cornerback on the field. Yeah. He looks like a big safety, like kind of like Taylor Mays or something like that. But he's a, he's a baller. There's no question about it. And, you know, uh, Rosenthal breaks down the rest of the defense, uh, hits on Miles Jack, and really brings up a good point. Jack doesn't have to be necessarily special this year for the defense to be really good and for him to be doing what he needs to do. Uh, he just needs to fit in and just be play play his game this year. It do, he doesn't really have to do anything out of this world in order to have a good impact. That co- that'll that'll come down the road, you know. After Calais Campbell's gone, some of the older guys are gone. Jack will need to eventually become a leader of the defense, but he doesn't necessarily have to be that now mm-hmm. this year. So I think that's cool. I think that's a good uh, way to look at it. There's obviously experienced guys around him. You know, Puzlesny and Telvin Smith, you can't really get much better than that besides you at linebacker. So, good for him. Um, He did mention Michael Bennett in a sentence in front of Sheldon Day, which I didn't like that. He didn't say Bennett was ahead of Sheldon Day on the depth chart, but Day definitely deserves to be mentioned in front of Bennett at this point. Day got solid reps last year as a rookie, even behind a very deep defensive line and uh, I believe you know he's the Jaguars third defensive tackle right now third mm-hmm. interior lineman mainly just because Michael Bennett just hasn't really played that much yeah he's been injured I'm not saying Bennett might not be as good as Day but Day looked good when yeah. he was in the game and Bennett just hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet yeah. and the best abil- ability according to many <clears throat> including the Jaguars head coach is availability so, gotta be available for you to be on uh, Doug Marone's, uh, to be on his good list. Otherwise, you're gonna get in his doghouse, and it's unfair at times for players that get injured. But it is what it is. That's the nature of the business. And if Sheldon Day stays healthy, there's no reason to think he couldn't eventually be a starter for this team. Now he's got a long way to go. Avery Jones is locked up for a little while. Malik Jackson's obviously locked up for a while, but Day's a Day's a guy that he should not be slept on. Yeah, in oh, my yeah. opinion. What do you think about Sheldon Day, Hunter? I mean, uh, sample size is kind of small. You can only very see small, it, but he did some good things for the Jaguars, and he really did some good things in college. Right, I think and he saw some of the things translate. Exactly, which is why then, it looks really good moving forward for him. And it's not like he's a small school guy. I mean, he came from Notre Dame, so. It's not like he is just playing against this kind of talent now. Um, but I do think Michael Bennett can be a, that kind of player. It's just yeah, he's got to stay healthy. He was a star at Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really mean, think it just depends they on... They really him. both were stars in college. Yeah. yeah, I don't see Michael Bennett fitting as much, though, with what they're trying to do. Like, Sheldon Day is more of a Avery Jones kind of guy. Michael Bennett, I don't see being that kind of guy. Yeah. He's a little smaller, shorter, but... I'd say Day is more capable. I still think he fits in at the three technique. Well, I think Sheldon Day gives you the ability to play the one and the three yeah. mm-hmm. more fluidly than oh, yeah. Michael Bennett. Michael yeah, Bennett, to me, he's got a pigeonhole. He's enough. almost a three-man front kind of guy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He, that's what I would use him at. But I mean, Sheldon Day's a player, so it, you just gotta use him in the right ways. So fight it out in training camp. Absolutely, that's gonna be a fun yeah. battle to watch, and that's one of the reasons I'm so amped today. Training camp's a couple weeks away. Uh, you know, it's a Wednesday, but it 
it's felt like Monday all day, but tomorrow's Thursday, yeah. not Tuesday, so that's great. We're, we're uh, what, about two months out now? From re- real football? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, today Ooh. is July the 5th. July 5th. You know, September 10th, I think, is the first uh, regular season game for the Jaguars, so it's not long now. <laughs> but yeah, training camp in two weeks. I get excited about training camp more than most people do, I think, because it's football. Like, training camp, things that happen in training camp are going to affect the Jaguars' regular season. To what extent, you don't really know. Obviously, injuries will have a huge impact, but position battles, like you said, Sheldon <coughs> Day versus Michael Bennett, stuff like that. That's going to be fun to watch. I enjoy watching that stuff big time. And I really want to see the secondary come together and get some reps together prior to prior to the regular season. So I'm excited to see those guys. Uh, I'm also excited because I've been getting to watch the Magic, uh, Magic play in their summer league, seeing Jonathan yeah. Isaac ball out a little bit. So I'm just in a good mood all around today. Happy we get to do the podcast on what feels like a Monday. And it, it seems like it's been more than a week since we last got together, mm-hmm. but it hasn't. So it's good. It's very good. Now we want to look at Jaguars that have Pro Bowl, excuse me, Pro Bowl potential this year. So in 2017, uh, I, I made a list of the top five guys I think who have the best chances of making the Pro Bowl, and. We're in no way saying that all these guys should or will make the Pro Bowl. We're just saying these are guys that should be in the conversation that have the potential to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you've got Jalen Ramsey. If he plays anywhere like he did over the last half of the season, he'll make the Pro Bowl easily. Easy. We all yeah, agree on that? A lot. Easy. <laughs> I mean, I think if he's not a Pro Bowler, he probably didn't have that good of a season. I don't yeah. think I don't think he's gonna get snubbed. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't think he's gonna get snubbed just because he's a Jaguar. Right. You're saying if he has a good season, he's gonna make it. Yeah. And if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, it's not because he's on the Jaguars with a good season. It's just he didn't have a good season. Yeah. That's my opinion. But I think that's probably true because he is <clears throat> he's well known nationally. And he's gonna be in big enough games this year. I mean, we're playing against the Seahawks. Like they're playing against some pretty decent. Yeah. People are gonna see teams. him. Yeah, they're, and we do have some later games, not just one o'clock games. Yeah, I mean we got the Rams coming in town for a four, four o'clock, o'clock game. game. So. Yeah. Now, uh, how about his running mate, AJ Boye? What do uh, we think about his chances? I think it'll, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll it'll be kind of a splitting the vote thing. Where actually, I think Jalen might take some votes from him because he's going to be the number one guy most likely matched up against the number ones. So, I mean, he's got the talent to do it. I just don't know. I think he has a chance at getting a big year in terms of interceptions. Yeah. Because teams are not going to want to throw out Jalen Ramsey. They're just not. It does not matter how good A.J. Boy is on the other side. They're not going to want to throw out Ramsey. Yeah. And uh, they're not really going to want to throw out Coleman all that much either. Like, not slot. I, mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to throw a boy. <laughs> you you absolutely not. But what are you <clears> going to throw do? to somebody? You're going to. I mean, if I'm a quarterback, <coughs> I'm throwing it up Boye's way more than I'm throwing it Ramsey's way. Yeah. Bottom line. Now, obviously, they'll be doing different things based on what the Jaguars see from the offensive scheme all year, but. I would avoid Ramsey at all costs if I was on the offensive side of the and that And that might be one situation that happens where Ramsey might not seem like he has that great of a year. Yeah. But it's because they're, you know, the ball's going the other way. Right. And, and, and Boye might have the opportunity to have a 
crazy year because yeah and i in that same vein you know either of the starting safeties <clears throat> could be pro bowl potential i wouldn't put them at the top of the list for the jaguars but with that elite cover coverage from the corners you never know how good of a year those guys could have back there uh Legitimate chance, Malik Jackson. Yep. If he plays like he did in the last half of last season, he certainly will make the Pro Bowl. Uh, I like Yannick. If he has a year yeah. like last year, well, if Yannick, I think if he gets around, t- if he if he breaks ten sacks, people yeah. are gonna really start to notice. It's a big year because then you're flirting with twenty sacks in your first two years. That's Javon. That's big that time. That's that's really good. So. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Telvin Smith, he's got a shot. It's hard to make it at his position because so many guys rack up so many tackles, but he's really gained a lot of attention nationally. You know, he's made the NFL Top 100 before. Pro Football Focus has taken notice of him. He's gotten better every year, according to them. So he's a guy, obviously, I think. Uh, And he's been ascending every year. You've got Calais Campbell. I think it might be hard for him to make a Pro Bowl in Jacksonville unless he just has a crazy statistical year. Because I don't even think he made the Pro Bowl last year, despite being, you know, an absolute (coughs) terror. He's not necessarily the 10-sack guy, but he's the guy that's going to have huge impact on the run defense Mm -hmm. and special teams and obviously in passing pass rushing situations. What do you guys think about his chances? Uh... I think on the defensive line, Malik Jackson probably would be your guy. I just yeah. don't see anybody else. Um, well, unique. Yeah, I mean, I see unique, but like realistically, if I had to pick one right now, it'd be definitely Malik Jackson. Yeah, because yeah. like unique, that's just kind of throwing dust in the wind and hoping. Yeah, you're hoping you're hoping he can he can perform the same way he did last year. Yeah, Malik's done it. Calais Campbell could have a great year, but again, he's a little older. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I, I just think, don't think he's as big of a name in general to make it to that level. Yeah, and I, with I, such a heavy, he's position. made it. I, I believe he's made it to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's a little bit different moving to when you're going up against four three ends. Well, that's the because thing because those are the guys who are putting out the big sack numbers. They're going to take a pass rusher over yeah. Clayus Campbell. Yeah, and he's in the AFC now, so now he's got to deal with you know Von Miller and those kind of guys, mm-hmm. which is tough. Compared to the NFC, where NFC pass rushers aren't not as elite, not as or there's not as many, I guess elite. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the, of the, the NFC? two best pass rushers in football are both in the AFC? Yeah, Von Miller and Khalil Mack. But I mean, when you think of JJ Watt, like yeah, you've got a lot of guys in the NFC. You think more of like tackles. I mean, you got like Clayus Campbell in Arizona. Yeah, but you got Aaron Donald and you know. Uh, Gerald LA McCoy. and yeah, Gerald, not Gerald McCoy. Yeah, 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 yeah Tampa, yeah, Tampa. I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sue was in the NFC for a long time too, but he's gone now. Uh, now, what do we think about Brandon Linder's chances? Obviously, based on his play, he deserves to get there. Mm-hmm. But is he going to have the name recognition, or maybe does does uh, Leonard Fournette have to have a big year for Brandon Linder to get the recognition he deserves? Leonard Fournette has to have fourteen to fifteen hundred yards minimum, I think, to get one of our offensive linemen. And I, well, and that's not a that's not a knock on the offensive line, but it's hard to make the Pro Bowl as an offensive lineman, Jacksonville. Well, it's hard it's to make the Pro Bowl as yeah. offensive lineman unless you already are a dude. Like, not, Linder like, is he that is a dude, he is a dude, but 
when you think of the national perspective, unless you're a media guy, he, who knows the Jacksonville offensive lineman? Yeah. So. Like, a lot of times, even when I'm, like, looking at pro and voting and stuff, it's like, wait, who is this? Yeah. Right guard out of, where is this? I mean, like, okay, so look at Brad Meester. Brad Meester had a pretty damn good career in Jacksonville. Probably not Pro Bowl caliber, but... Lender's at a different level than him. I, no, I agree. But to think of Lender, I, I just don't see a center from Jacksonville. Unless, unless, unless we're, we're, we're continuously pushing the playoffs. Well, like, if, if, Fournette is, if Fournette is just tearing it up, mm-hmm. and we, he's got, you know, 1,000 yards going into, you know, the second half of the season or so, and he's a consistent 100-yard rusher, then possibly. Yeah, because you're looking at... And if Blake Bortles isn't on the ground, like, it's possible, but... Yeah. Speaking of Fournette, does he have a chance? Pro Bowl? No. I mean... I really don't, I don't... I just don't see To it. me, it's such a big question, Mark. I think he'll have the opportunity because he's going to get the least, ball. But look at There's the, been at least one running back in each of the last three years that's a rookie that's broken the top ten in rushing. So, I think I'm going to go out and put, put myself out on a limb out, out there and say... I do believe that he will be the best rookie runner this year, and I do believe he will be in the conversation for the Pro Bowl. I'm going to say he'll make it. I would. I would want to. You just got to think about the other AFC backs he's got to beat out. Right. I'm That's saying conversation. Yeah, conversation. I mean, he'll be in the conversation. Be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I Hopefully. think he definitely will be. I think you got to put more myself out, of, out there on that. More out of the offensive line. I don't really. I really. I'm. I'm calling it right now. I think he's going to be in the conversation be nice. uh, at the end of the season. I'll be happy. <laughs> it's not a. It's not even a bold statement. I don't. In my opinion, it's so really not. Neither of y'all think a safety is going to make it, or even be in the conversation. Well, I mentioned it. I think they're both possible. Obviously, playing with such good cornerbacks. I think but the corners help them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree, but. You know, for safety from Jacksonville to make it, he's probably going to have to have five interceptions. That's possible. Or maybe Barry Church would have to have three or four interceptions and 100 tackles or something yeah. like that. I mean, I think my dark horse for a Jaguar player would be either one of the safeties, really. If I probably had to pick a top five, I'd pick a safety mm-hmm. to be one of the guys. Really? I would, just because the two corners shrink the field so much inwards. Yeah. Like, teams are going to have to attack the middle of the field. One, you got a pretty much a rookie middle linebacker, two second-year middle linebacker, and you got two damn good corners on the edge. you got to attack the middle. So, If Deshaun Gibson can do what he did in Cleveland, I think yeah, it's a problem. Easily make so. it. I mean, you've seen Gibson do it before in terms of getting the interceptions. So, uh, yeah, I, I still would take Linder over either of those guys, but you're right. With those cornerbacks, it's going to be tough for, for quarterbacks to avoid the middle of the yeah. field. Like, it's going to be really tough. Now, uh, last guy I wanted to look at, Allen Robinson. I think he has a great shot at returning to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, he barely got in in 2014. He was an alternate. That's how he got in, despite putting up perhaps the best season that year of any receiver, <laughs> 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. So, but he's got the name recognition now. He's got the fantasy football recognition. If he goes out and puts up 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, I think he's easily going to be in the conversation for the Pro Bowl again. So, whether or not he can do that will depend a lot upon guy throwing him the ball. 
like Bortles. So uh, that's pretty much it in terms of the Pro Bowl potential guys this year. You never know. Miles Jack could go out and get four or five interceptions as a rookie. If he does that and piles on 80 to 100 tackles, that's a Pro Bowl year. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, Again, like, we're just looking at possibilities. I mean, yeah, 10 guys that could possibly do it. But like, yeah. I'm thinking we're, we all agree on top three. Yeah. Guys. I mean, Jalen, Malik. Probably, I'd say Allen Robinson would be the third. Yeah. But Certainly up there. I'd, I'd be almost disappointed if Jalen and Malik don't make it. Yeah, I think I, I yeah, really, those are both guys that absolutely should, should be in. It. Obviously, dependent on what they do next year. But yeah. you think, based on what you saw out of them in 2016, that both of those guys are going to be playing at a, a very elite level. Okay. I really do. Now, we're going to go ahead and do our pop-top moment for this week of course presented by bold city brewery the one and only sponsor of the gin jag podcast after that we'll get into the offensive roster spots we'll take a look at the uh the afc south wide receiver picture what's going on which which squads we think are the best and uh we'll also get our pff moment or minute and we'll get in our keep one let one walk uh segment this week so as i teased at before oh and we're getting in a new list of top five wide receiver duos and according to this list from reggie wayne former colts receiver uh he has alan hearns and alan robinson at number five now i just saw another list i can't remember who put it out that had them as the 10th best receiving core. Any way you break it down, the Jaguars have one of the best receiving cores in football. Minimum top 10. So that's exciting. But last year they didn't perform to that level. And they've got to step up again this year and play more like they did in 2015. Well, I mean, if they can be on... If they can actually live up to this list, it's a pretty good list. I mean, they yeah, got, it's great. They got the Giants with Beckham and Marshall. Then they got Demarius Thomas, Manuel Sanders, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson... And then Amari Cooper, Michael Cap- Crabtree. So yeah, that'd be fun. They're right there. <laughs> they are. They just got to go out and get it this year. And I would not be surprised for one if Hearns really steps up this year. Every time you kind of doubt him yeah. and think he's about to like go back into his, you know, what he was coming into the league, which was an undrafted free agent, an undrafted free agent that set records at the University of Miami, but yeah. still. <laughs> uh, you, you always kind of worry about him. I do, at least. I kind of yeah. worry he's just going to sink back down to earth, which every time I've thought that, he's really proven me wrong. Oh. So he could be in for a big year himself. Now, as I teased at earlier, our Bold City uh, beer that we're going to do this pop-top of is a beverage from a galaxy far, far away. It's the Calrissian Cough Syrup. It's a malt liquor from uh, Bold City Brewery, of course. And uh, their brewer, Alex, brewed this one. Uh, It's inspired by, obviously, legendary space scoundrel from Star Wars, Lando Calrissian, played by actor Billy Dee Williams. So in the 80s, Billy Dee Williams was a spokesperson for Colt 45. 
Which is a malt liquor, yeah. obviously. So they kind of came up with this concept. We could do a malt liquor called Cow Reasons <laughs> Cough Syrup. And uh, obviously it's just an ode to Star Wars and all its awesomeness. And uh, Alex, it says here in the description, Alex wanted to pay his respects to the man who gambled away the Millennium Falcon by making a malt beverage worthy of his name. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this bad boy. This takes me back to like my days before I was technically allowed to drink and we would just like go find (laughs) Mickey's eyes. Alright. I'm actually, this is my most excited I've been for a pop top, I think. Yeah, I'm pumped about it. I gotta finish my other beer real quick. I'll take this. Now, again, this is a malt liquor, 7% alcohol by volume. And uh, it's got space themed hops such as Cluster, Nugget, Galaxy. And so it's really just all about space. And it tastes kind of like you would expect it to, but a little bit just of an upgrade from what you're getting from Mickey's Eyes. It's not what uh, I remember malt liquor smelling like at all. (laughs) That's a lot different than in my memory banks. You get a little bit of the same flavor from it, though, that you remember. But it's it's different. It's got a twist. This is what I would imagine. As 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 I'm drinking, yeah. This is what I imagine it would have been like if we had money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The higher-end malt liquors. So, you know, we love Mold City Brewery. We are always shouting them out. They're our one and only sponsor. Taste a little bit of that. But, I mean, the fact that they're making beers based off Star Wars characters, that is just freaking awesome. I love it. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. So, bring it on. Let's get some more. I got a confession. I haven't seen any of the new Star Wars. So you haven't seen Rogue One or Episode uh, 7? No. Is that that a bad thing? Have you seen the old ones? Yeah. I mean, I've seen all the old ones. I just haven't seen the new ones, the Disney ones yet. They're really good. I mean, they aren't mad. Like, I'm I'm okay. I mean, it's your last time being on the podcast. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) You're all good. (laughs) I'm going to have to watch it now. I would would recommend Rogue One first. Yeah. Great movie. Does that one come first? And it's more. It's yeah, it does. Oh, okay. It's it can be more of kind of like a one-off movie. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, when you get to the end, there's tie-ins, like very. Yeah, there's tie-ins, but the story ends. Yeah. This story does end. Yeah. It's all it's all contained into one movie, and it's not a love story. It's just an amazing story. Of, and I like that when movies like have the opportunity to make things into a love story mm-hmm. and they don't because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But like so many movies, they always just try to force the love story yeah. down your throat. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Ruin that movie. <laughs> so there's plenty of movies that do that. <clears throat> Rogue One doesn't, which is awesome. And you get like the most badass Vader you've ever seen. Yeah. That, for no other reason, watch it for the Vader scene. Right. So then I'm going to have to go watch it today. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Sorry to my wife. <laughs> now, now, thanks again to Bold City Brewery downtown for hooking us up with the Crowlers. Make sure to check them out on East Bay Street right when you get off the Main Street Bridge. Uh, and, you know, this is some high quality cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get sick more often. <laughs> so, back to Jaguars talk. Offensive roster spots. 
Got to start with quarterback. Blake Bortles is on the team. We all think Chad Henney's on the team. I think so. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Allen, we all think, is also on the team, right? Yeah, they kept three last year. They kept three when Brandon Allen was a rookie. Why wouldn't they do it again this year? Obviously, it's a different coaching staff. But. It doesn't have to be a guy they dress, necessarily. But Yeah, I don't think <coughs> Brandon Allen dressed at all last year. No. But, I mean, I think they keep Henning. People are down. I think people downplay the whole being a role model or whatever you want to call it. But in my opinion, it's it's a lot more important than people are think it is to have that. Even if he wasn't that success, successful, having that guy's knowledge and what he's seen and what he's been a part of in the room is very important because you got to think Nathaniel Hackett's pretty young, Bortles is young, Brandon Allen's young. You know, the QB coach is not that young, but. To have a little bit of maturity and some age definitely helps. I, I think having a backup quarterback that can impact a game he's not playing in yeah. is good. And I, it, I think he can do that by... It's not even the playing, though. Like the, It's not even the on-field stuff. Exactly. That's, I, what, that's, that's oh, what I'm getting yeah. at. It's, I mean, it's, when, Brad, when Bortles comes to the sideline, he can look... He, you know, they got the they got the pictures. Mm-hmm. He can look, you know, help them recognize what went wrong, yeah. what went right, and even the stuff when it comes to what do you do on a Tuesday. You know, yeah. having a guy that's going to help you become a pro and stay a pro. Yeah, I mean, Henny's been able to do it. Yeah, he's not been the most successful with wins and his touchdowns or whatever, but he's been able to stay in the league and he's well respected mm-hmm. within the league. So I think that's important, and people can downplay it all they want, but. Yeah. I, until you've been a part of a situation like that, I don't think you truly understand. Mm-hmm. That's the that's well. The, none of us truly understand how it goes. Well, I, no, but I mean, even with I've been in a room, at high school, granted. Yeah. But I've been in a room where we had a senior who was not going to be the starter, but we had a sophomore who was the starter, and just having that senior who was two years older, had been in the program, had you know worked and had learned how to do it, helped the sophomore. Mm-hmm become a little more successful, whether it's on the field or just how you do things on a day-to-day basis. I mean, so. at this point, I don't think Bortles should need that. I don't think he does need that. What I do think it get, what will give him is, and what it has given him, is just another set of eyes that understands the game that can help him break down stuff. I personally don't think Chad Henney should be the Jaguars' backup quarterback. I think they should have signed or traded for someone else or drafted someone higher or at all. Um... I'm not confident. I'm not confident that Blake Bortles is going to be the guy, and I'm not confident with his backup in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, but if, yeah. when you're going into a season, you have not much confidence in your quarterback no. position. That's not a good sign. No, but obviously, it, it appears that the guys downtown do. Yeah. Whether and it's a you gotta like or not. what he's done. You, this off season, Bortles, that is, and you. You like what he did in 2015. You like some of the stuff he did last year. Most of it, not so much. But just please don't get hurt. But back to just getting to the roster spots. Talk <clears throat> of it. Looks like it's going to be three roster spots mm-hmm. taken up by quarterbacks. Now the Jaguars are almost guaranteed to keep a fullback this year. They've pretty much come out and said they want to have a fullback well, on the roster. If you draft a fullback, you're keeping a fullback. Well, <laughs> and sign that, a fullback. That brings up the interesting question. Is it Tommy Bohannon or is it Marquez Williams? Marquez Williams. That's, I, that's my money's on. But yeah, Bohannon like started in the league before yeah. and blocked for a good rusher before. He blocked for Ivory before. 
Williams looks like he could be like a fan favorite for many years just based on that body. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I just know, I just think if you draft a fullback, yes, you bring a guy in as a free agent, but you draft a guy, like yeah, you bring him in as a, for a reason. There's been a lot of starters in the league that have been seventh round picks, and but free agent like, to me a free pick. agent fullback is a dime a dozen. You can get them anywhere. Yeah, I mean you could walk down the street. And he was on the street for agent. a reason. Yeah. So, and I think a guy that's fresh-legged, young, and really can do catching out of the backfield. That is a tank. It's, it's a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Tree trunks. Yeah. Tree trunks for legs, for sure. So, that there you've got another, uh, another roster spot taken up. So, you're sitting there with four roster spots taken up just by quarterbacks and fullbacks. Running backs. You've got Leonard Fournette, Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon. Corey Grant, what are we looking at? Keeping all four of them? Keeping three of them? What do you guys think? I, th- I think you have to keep four. I mean, you look at the injury situation the last year, we were we were down to Corey Grant as a starter as by the end of the season. So, I mean, he I did just, have a hell of a game, granted, against he did. one of the worst run defenses <laughs> he, in football. He did, course. but he, he, you'd, you'd like to have a little bit. You've got to have depth. If you roll in the season with three running backs, one guy gets hurt. You're you're down to two, yeah, and that's a little sketchy because you regularly play two, sometimes even three during the course of a game alone. There's no question about it. I, I'm with you. I think it's got to be four guys, and I think it, Grant's not just on the roster because you need a fourth guy. He's on the roster because he could Special. be a kick returner, yeah. and because he is probably the fastest guy on your team. I think it depends on what they want to do with special teams. Is my thing. If, if Rashad Green's a decent punt returner and you can find a, a kick returner, then Corey Grant's probably not necessary. But I think at the end of the day, they'll probably keep four. And I, going back a little bit, but I think they'll keep four running backs and probably keep two um, quarterbacks just to save oh. a roster spot. You think so? I just, you can't, I don't think you can afford to keep three quarterbacks. So do you think they would put Brandon Allen on the practice squad? I would think so. And I it, think you put him on the practice squad until you find it not necessary to keep Chad Henney. And it, it could be Wait. just last year they were like, they didn't want a chance of losing him, putting him on the practice squad and having somebody else sign him and letting one get away who could potentially I like you know, Brandon So, But, they, 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 you know, they, they've seen him for a season. Um, they're going to have a whole other offseason with him. Now they might feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. You never know. sit on the practice squad. But sorry to backtrack. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, so let's say they keep two quarterbacks, which I don't think is the case. It's possible, but you know, I, just I see think it, they're keeping three. I see it more likely than keeping three running backs. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. So, but it's not necessarily like you have to have one or the other. No, but I think when it comes down to but it's going to get down to these positions. You're when right. When it comes that. down to the receiver and the tight ends, I think, and even the line, that's where you got to pick There's one of those. So two. much depth on the offensive line. We'll yep. get into that here. Now, at wide receiver, you've got some good depth there too. Obviously, you've got Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook. Aurelius Ben, Rashad Green. You've got a couple undrafted uh, rookies that you really like. Um, and some other guys that have stuck around from the past uh, past training camps. Is it five? I think it's five. Yeah. 
And if it's five, is Rashad Green not on the roster? Because I think he's going to make the roster. I think he'll make. He's odd. It's either him or early as Ben. I think Green's going to make the roster because he's going to be the punt returner. I think, for me, Green's not in because D.D. Westbrook is a better receiver. D.D. Westbrook is We cap- think. We sure as hell hope so. We, we, I think D.D. Westbrook can be a serviceable punter, if not uh, above average punter, punt returner. Punt returner. Not punter. <laughs> I've, Sorry, I've never Brad seen Norman. him actually kick the ball. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get Brad Norman out of here, man? I think... It's Comes here, plays well. <laughs> Scott's just trying to run Trading him out of the receiver. No, we love Brad Norton here. Don't get me wrong. But um, to me, it's between Green and Ben. And Ben does something that none of the other receivers really do. And that's as a gunner. Whereas Green is at a position where you have potential options looking elsewhere. Yeah. So to me, it's just a, it's a special team position. I mean, they, they might show up. Making plays like did like Ben in the in the Bears game, but um, it's just all, it's all special teams for me. So tight end, I mean, every freaking position here on the offense, you're like, who's not yeah. gonna make it? Who's not gonna make it? You've got four tight ends that uh, all seem like they could make the team. You've got Mercedes Lewis, your blocking tight end, Ben Koyak, your balanced tight end, Michael Rivera. Kind of balanced, but more towards the receiver. And then Neil Sterling, who's just pretty much a pure receiver at this point. Obviously, in my mind, it seems like the one guy that doesn't fit out of those three is Sterling. Mm -hmm. But he's also the one guy out of those three that brings something that probably none of those three guys bring. Yeah. So... Yeah. What do we think about the tight ends? Because I don't think they're keeping four. No, I think yeah. Sterling's on the edge. Yeah, if you're, if you're keeping a fullback, you have to keep. Like, tight end on the offense is the position that will probably lose out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Just, I don't see Sterling fitting into what Tom Coughlin wants or Doug Marone wants. So. Yeah, it's not a blocker. It's going to suck. Especially, sure. We're going to cut him, and then a team like the Packers or the Patriots is going to pick him up. Uh, or even, like, the Redskins, you know, like yeah. turn him into that Jordan Reed style. Like, it's just gonna be crap. Might could have been our guy. Yeah, but when you get when you get good, you I mean that's the part. sometimes you, you lose people off. Yeah. So I mean, eventually it was gonna happen. I'm not saying that we're good, <laughs> but just <laughs> that might be. the roster's getting well. Back. When your roster starts to look better on paper, you yeah. start to lose better looking kids or yeah. players. So there's no doubt about it. Now, offensive line's gonna be the hottest one in my opinion because you've got a lot of depth. And obviously the OL, there's five starters, so I think we keep seven, eight at that, the most. I would say eight, eight at the most. <laughs> Can't keep any more. It's just too yeah. many. It's too you got to have the five. You might have a a guy who can play the interior center so or guard. Let's get the five. You've got Brandon Albert, Cam Robinson, AJ Can, Brandon Linder, and Jeremy Parnell. And then you'll have Luke Buenco. Those five guys are going to make the team. Yes. Mm. I think Tyler Shatley's going to make the team. I think Josh Wells is going to make the team. I think Luke Boyko. That's seven. I think Luke Boyko's your eighth guy. So Luke Boyko's on the team over Patrick Omame, Chris, Chris Reed. Reed, Earl Watford, and that God. situation. Like, that's uh, crazy. Right. We're going to rename it. Let's, let's redo this. Okay, so I think it's going to be. I think you'll have Brandon. you got to have Brandon Albert. Yeah. you got to have. Cam Robinson's definitely here. Yeah. yeah. Linder's definitely here. Yeah. 
AJ Kane's AJ definitely, Kane's here, definitely right? here. Parnell's. You know what? I I think the one guy that could be a surprise cut would be Parnell. They, they, I probably they, the seems really unlikely. Him, I don't know. And I I understand that, but I think you can find a guy to play right tackle. Well, even if it's a Brandon Albert moving over or uh, Cam Robinson moving to right tackle, because uh, the right tackle is usually one of your best all around guys. And if Cam Robinson can play left guard, like some people are saying, and can also play left tackle, he should be able to play right tackle. Okay, so let's hypothetically say Parnell's the odd man out, which I don't think is going to I don't happen. see it happening. Yeah. I just, let's just hypothetically say that. So then, who is your fifth guy? I'd, I'd say Cam Robinson. Well, he's Robinson the, he's the right is already tackle. there, in my opinion. He's the, he's the, oh, you're, you're right now, in reality, I, your five are Albert, Albert, Robinson, Can, Linder, Parnell. You're saying date, right now, if the Jaguars started. The first, the first game right now. Those are your five guys, in my opinion, that are untouchable. In oh, terms untouchable. Of okay. Cut. Yes, but I don't see. But I don't we're pretending Kim... Parnell isn't untouchable. Well, then I hypothetically say he gets cut. And then so the next three would be Bowenko, Omame, and Shatley. Well, there's Shatley and Wells. And Wells. Well, you could. You I could think pull, pull we, in that situation, Wells would be of that group. He might be the odd man out just because he's not as versatile. And do we Shatley to me is the most versatile guy. Well, if Parnell's there, there any way Watford makes it, he's the most it's, versatile. But that's, yeah, that's true. Wanko's played everything from center to tackle. The problem is, like, there's just they're not great. There's maybe one great guy on this line, possibly two, if Cam Robinson turns out to be what he should be. But they're all good. Like, I feel like at any moment you cut one of these nine or ten guys, and there's a team drooling. Yeah, they might up. end up being a starter for one of these teams. So, the, I think the offensive line is going to be the hardest decision to make for them. I agree. It's going to be so tough because there's so much depth. Man. Have we even agreed on who's <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, if we have... I, I mean, we know Linder's untouchable. I would say if we had to agree on something, we would include Parnell in the five. Probably, the and five untouchables. definitely Tyler Shatley. I think Blanco definitely... I don't know I, definitely Belenko because I like Belenko. I don't know if the I say Shatley has a hot. Uh, Shatley's more safe than Belenko. Shatley's played more than Belenko. More meaningful too. And he's always Blanco gotten started like every game. But you think about it: in the past for Shatley's two years, always had, Shatley is always the conversation piece yeah. when it's who's going to be the guy at, le- at every position. Coaches always talk about him. Well, Wells is out. I mean. <laughs> That's just me. I don't know. Like that's the problem because Omame has got his well, yeah. ups, but he's only a guard. Yeah. So let's and put that's it this way: Omame, Reed, and Watford are all possibilities to start at left guard. Mm-hmm. They are. And Unless we don't know. They throw a curveball and Cam Robinson's there. Right. We don't know exactly. Robinson might start at left guard, but I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where it looks like either. One of those three guys is on, only one of those three guys is going to make it in my mind. Omame, Reed, or Watford. If any, if any, I think Omame. I think Omame. I think Omame's probably got the, got the best yeah. chance because I think they brought him in for the purpose to play. And he's got real starting uh, experience, not only with the Jaguars where he was decent last year, but with the Bears he started over thirty games. So yeah, if it, if I'm putting my money down right now. And we're only taking eight guys on the OL. 
It's Brandon Albert, Cam Robinson, AJ Cam, Brandon Linder, Jeremy Parnell, Tyler Shatley, uh, Patrick Omame, and I would take Josh Wells. So you got, you got eight guys? Yeah, that's eight. So It's tough. I really think they should keep more than that, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. And the other thing... It's hard to keep nine or ten linebackers. Yeah, I know, but what if you're only keeping four or five cornerbacks? Is, yeah, you might. They, you they might don't have anybody else right now. I mean, you might be able to substitute by not keeping in some other positions, but nine or ten linemen... And they, already, they have a ton of depth at linebacker, too. So, like, that's break, expensive load. line down is... Or the whole roster down is just going to be really tough. Hmm. It's going to be getting down to the nitty-gritty. Makes training camp even more interesting. Right, and this year, again, there's not going to be cuts to 75. It's going to be 90 to 53. So we really won't know until... That's what's going to be crazy. It's yeah. like, we're going to be all just sitting there talking and speculating, and all of a sudden, just bam. bam. We're all wrong. There's, all, <laughs> what, 40 guys or whatever? Yeah. It's going <laughs> to definitely bring a different dynamic to covering the training camp. Because we're going to be having to do a little bit more it's all speculation. investigative yeah. speculation, in mm. my opinion. There isn't, there's not going to be many hints. Like, when they make cuts of other guys, usually you can kind of start to have a, at least informed speculation. Okay, this, this is kind of the direction they're going yeah. for. You know, they might this is going to be all speculation. Yeah. So, it's good on you guys. Good on the beat writers that have to deal with this. Because <laughs> you imagine the articles they're going to have to write. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a beat writer, but I probably am paying attention close to as much as they are in terms of specifically the Jaguars. And even, (laughs) it's funny because if you think about the beat writers down, the actual, you know, employed beat writers, they can't really say much. They make that publicly known. They can't say much. You know how hard it's going to be for them in training camp? (laughs) Like, not being able to talk? Yeah. It'll be fun. No doubt about it. Now... We've wasted away another episode. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't been wasted. We've covered some good topics here. Do we? But yeah, that was quick. Uh, let's go ahead and rank our AFC South wide receivers. Jaguars one. Jaguars one. Do we all agree? Yeah, I clearly. Texans. Two. They've got the best two. Texans over Colts. Yes, because of DeAndre Hopkins. Because DeAndre Hopkins is the number one He's receiver number one in receiver. this division. Yeah. Yeah, I is, think is T.Y. More... Hilton number two though. I think he is. I'm not. I say yes because of his experience, but when it comes to pure talent, no. I think Allen Robinson is a better receiver. I think both of those teams are worth <clears throat> one trick ponies. I I'm think I think Marquise either. Lee can be a better receiver than T.Y. Hilton. Oh man, T.Y. Hilton has done some yeah, things. No, I agree. But good. Like, when Hilton's you think about good. all, that, but that's against the AFC South. Like when it comes to national, nah, look, look at everywhere. Like, do you see Ty Hilton being a top receiver in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, to me, he's at least yeah. like top fifteen, top ten. He's close. He's up there. He's good. He puts I, up numbers. Personally, man. I would put. You can't cover him. I mean, that's true. But I put the Colts. Like the Colts, to me, are flirting with fourth. I like yeah, the Titans because I like the Titans' receiving core. They got a couple good, and I think young the pickup of Eric Decker. Just makes them a little yeah, more diverse. I think all, all those comments are fair. Now, we, I think we all agree Hopkins is the best receiver in mm-hmm. the division. I think if we had to come to a consensus, we would say Ty is the second best. Yes, yeah. yeah, as because of now, two he's out the of three best. at least agree. I agree. Okay, I agree. But then, 
Or your <coughs> your third and fourth best receivers are both Jaguars. Yeah. And in my opinion. And perhaps your fifth. Yeah. You know, is Marquise Lee better than Dante Moncrief? Probably. Or Eric Decker, for that matter. Or Eric Decker. Yeah. I don't, I'm not impressed with Moncrief. I'm not impressed with Fuller. I They're, think Fuller could have some big years, but he's still not going to be a complete receiver. Yeah. He's going to drop some balls. Oh, yeah. Um, fast as hell, but... And then the Texans also have Braxton Miller, who's interesting. He's kind of a gadget guy. A couple of other guys. But, yeah, I'm taking... I'm taking Jaguars, Texans, or no. No, I'll take the Colts receivers second. Even <coughs> you guys might think fourth. I, don't, I mean, I don't think you're crazy. I just think T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief are a special group. Special two guys. I did too. And then Phil, they can get anything good. about anything out of Philip Dorsett. Yeah. Who's just a speed merchant. I don't know. I like I like Hilton and Moncrief. I'm scared when we face them. They also Let's do have the best quarterback in the league. Are we going to be well the best in the division that makes them better? Are we going to be scared when? Are we going to be scared of the Titans receivers when they come here? Scared as an aspect of you can't no. cover them. No, scared in the aspect of are they dangerous? They're Dude, dangerous AJ, because there's bodies. With AJ and Jalen, I ain't scared of anybody. It's just the fact <laughs> that there's bodies. Hey. There was a couple times that one of them it happened. Another time it didn't actually come to fruition. But Jalen and Deshaun Gibson were just not on the same page against T.Y. T.Y. And there's T-Y been a couple like, really, really, really long touchdowns. Yeah. So they've got to get that in check, obviously. But So we'll go Jaguars, and then there's debate after that. I think really when you get to 2-3-4. Well, okay, I'm gonna, let's go with Titans 4. Can we all agree Titans are four? Yeah, because I mean, behind they have Eric Decker and a Who's couple just rookies. Such an underrated player. He is. He's I, good, they don't but he's have not. the star power. I think the Titans' biggest threat when it comes to their receivers is the Mariota and the running back factor. Mm-hmm. That that makes the receivers more dangerous. Yes. And Delaney but when Walker it comes is, to if you're yeah. going to throw them on the field, who are you going to pick? I think the Titans have probably one of the last guys you're picking. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I said, they right. might have. Their number one guy might be the fifth <clears throat> or maybe sixth best yeah, receiver. So, in I think so yeah, we agree on one and four. End. Two and three is where it gets iffy. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to go against freaking DeAndre Hopkins. Like He's so good. Like anybody can throw him the ball. He's yeah. gonna find a way to catch him. Jalen raised that boy right, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. But so two and three we're debating on, obviously, but you know. There's nothing wrong with a little healthy debate. Let us know what you guys think. Send us some comments. Um, now, PFF minute. We're really going to have to try to jam it into a minute here. Um, Jalen Ramsey led the AFC in run stops for cornerbacks. Not a huge surprise. We all know he likes to get his nose dirty, get in there, and get physical. He'll knock somebody out even that has nothing to do with the play, which is just <laughs> great to see. Gotta love it. Brandon Linder, we've already talked about him. Pro Football Focus has already talked about him. But they labeled him a quote-unquote secret superstar. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that really means, yeah. They released Malik Jackson uh, graphic too, which that graphic's already come out. They just re-released it. We talked about that one last week. Um, 
Alex Mack is a guy that I always think of when I think of Linder. Cause it, could you imagine if the Jaguars had those two guys on their interior right now? Which they very easily could That's have That's disgusting. Had. God. Makes me a little upset. Yeah. So Wrong that, place at the wrong time. No, we just decided not to go after him. Well, it was just a, per- we I just made, a perfect storm. We could have made Cleveland. For some reason, they just them. weren't that happy with the idea of bringing him in. That's because they're idiots. I mean, I agree. What, the year or two before you. <laughs> that's probably that's the to me that's one of the biggest bonehead moves. But you move on. There's been many. Yeah, we got to move on, obviously. <laughs> but just thinking about that, that'd be something special. Now, Aaron Colvin made another PFF uh, graphic this week. Among cornerbacks drafted in 2014, which includes Jason Verrett, Bradley Roby, J- Justin Gilbert, who became a huge bust, several other guys. Aaron Colvin had the second fewest yards allowed per coverage snap among all those guys. And you know, Verrett and Roby are stars. Uh, the other guys that were around him uh, were Cockrell and uh, some other guy. I can't even remember his name. But the fact that Colvin is again appearing in a different statistical category and doing it at a really high level really suggests that we might see a nice nice season from Colvin in his contract year this year. So it's going to be really fun to watch him. It is pretty surprising, though, that he's in front of Jason Verrett. That guy's like, he's, so he's a top five corner, what, is he in like my opinion. 5'4"? <laughs> Jason like, Verrett. Yeah, he's so tiny. He's but he can, I think he's probably man, like 5'10". He's, I think maybe. he's 5'9", 5'10". But yeah. Man, he's good. Yeah, he's a stud. Uh, now... We'll uh, close the door on Pro Football Focus. Keep one, let one walk. This week it's not necessarily our big time names, but I thought it was interesting. We're going to stick on the defensive side of the ball. Both guys are defenders. And there's certainly several factors that weigh into this decision. I really like this one. Avery Jones versus Barry Church. Who are you taking? Um... I think Avery Jones is an unsung hero on this roster right now. Because he's really the only true one technique we have. And he played it. He's dominated at that level for the last. Basically, after uh, he became a starter, he dominated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big, literally, a big hole to fill. Um, Very literally. (laughs) Barry Church. I gotta say Barry Church, just because I watched so much tape of him early on in the season when we signed him. He's gonna change the way our secondary looks by just being able to do a whole slew of things that Jonathan Cyprian could never even be capable of doing. He was basically a linebacker, yeah. and this guy's a true safety. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna make Tashawn Gibson better. He's gonna make the other corners better. Because, and he's going to make the defense a lot harder to read. Absolutely. Because they can be more versatile. So, I mean, i got to say Barry Church. But I, <laughs> when I first saw it, I went with Avery Jones just because without a, one technique, basically being the big tackle. Yeah, he might be all right if Sheldon Day's there. Yeah. You certainly you like think, a big honey? guy. I'm going Avery Jones. All day? All day. Because I think in... Four or five years, when you look back, 
You're going to regret not having well, Henry Jones. That's fair. What if you had to do it for just this year? <laughs> well, that's tough because they brought Barry Church in to be the guy. Like, they don't really have a, another Barry yeah, Church. Yeah, Jared Wilson or Jared I guess Wilson. that's true. That's I all I got. I still am, I think I'm going to go with Avery Jones. I think if, yeah. yes, you can cover all day and do all that, but if you can get to the quarterback and you can stop the line of scrimmage, you're, you're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah. I, I just think when it comes down to it, who are you going to miss the most when you look on the field? A guy like Avery Jones, you miss him. Like, I mean, gonna, we, we miss Roy Avery. Miller. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll take Avery because I'm I think. I'm on the win side. <laughs> First time ever. I think Wilson might be able to do a serviceable job. Uh, Even I, James Sanders. And I think Avery Jones, I think Avery Jones is going to play at a higher level this year than Barry Church does. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Barry Church isn't going to play at a high level. But I think Avery Jones has, like, he has the potential to be one of the best guys at what he does in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't think Barry Church really has that potential. He could. Very much above average for Barry Church. But does he have the potential as a 29-year-old safety to vault into the elite category? I don't think so. I think Avery Jones does. Yeah, I mean... It's it's hard to go wrong with any of these questions. Yeah, it's fun. It is tough. This one to me though is probably the easiest. I think so. Interesting. I just like Avery Jones. Like, yeah. oh God, the big Arby. <laughs> you know, they need to call him the Big Montana. They need to I'm, give him a nickname. I'm okay, speaking you. of Arby's though, I had this weird thing go through my mind, and our listeners probably don't need to hear this, but <laughs> no, is, they do. is Arby's? You know, it's spelled out A R B Y Is it was that just a funny way to abbreviate roast beefs? R B's. Oh, I never even thought about that. I don't know why I thought about that this week. Damn it. Now I'm my mind's <laughs> Or is it some dude named Arby's sandwich? Yeah. Are you eating Arby's sandwich? I'm thinking the the roast beef is kind of a I don't know. I, I think it's up. interesting. So I won't have an answer for this. If any podcast, of our but... listeners know, I know our buddy Jefferson uh, has some Arby's knowledge. His family, <laughs> his family's on some Arby's. So I don't know. Maybe he knows. But all right, here we go. You want it really quick? <laughs> yeah. All right. They named it the initials of the Raffle Brothers. Oh. RB. So it's Arby's. That's funny. Yep. So it, it was Arby's, but not for what I was thinking about. Exactly. <laughs> it just that happened is... to be a roast beef. Yeah. Good stuff. So you technically are eating Arby's sandwich, but you're also eating Arby's, which is short for RB. Roast beef. All right. Man, it's, it's amazing uh... when everybody's right at the same time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, that podcast went out of <laughs> completely the I just really direction. wanted to know that. I thought about that the other day. It's like somebody's got to know. Of course, the Google machine does. I I had to know at that moment. (laughs) So that's going to wrap up our show today. Glad we could end with some food talk. It's dinner time for us. We're ready to get after it. Now, this and every podcast that we do is proudly presented by Bold City Brewery. You can check them out at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at boldcitybrewery. And make sure to check out their new location downtown. 
Now you can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1. He'll provide all your horrible Texas Longhorns takes. Yeah. You can find Hunter Evans on Twitter at CoachH underscore Evans for your terrible Crimson Tide takes. Yeah. You can follow me for everything else. Uh, Orlando Magic, Florida Gators, Jaguars, at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. Uh, if anybody has any comments, criticisms, anything, let us know, please, in the comment section. And we're always trying to improve the show. Uh, make sure to check out our website. We've got all the latest news and analysis. And we've got a membership program going on. You can tailgate for free at every Gen Jack tailgate of the 2017 season if you sign up to become a member. You get discounts at awesome places like Metro Diner, Sports Mania, Burrito Gallery, uh, Mellow Mushroom, tons of other places. So make sure to check that out at genjag.com slash membership.html. And uh, have a great day, Duval. I'm happy. I'm very happy. We've got two weeks left. Uh, until training camp and then once training camp starts it's like full go regular season will be in the blink of an eye so we're all happy here at the Gin Jag podcast thanks for listening to us and we'll talk to you next week Duval peace Thanks so much for listening to the Genjag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at genjag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.